0: KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is one on one.
1: It's a good thing if it's not a storyline because that means it's just normal, right? So I really don't uh, try and make a big deal about it because I just don't think it is. I think um, I'm passionate about working with high level athletes, male or female, that that want to get better and, and are trying to take that next step in their game. So I really appreciated the fact that it wasn't a big deal.
0: And our guest this week is Alyssa Gallardi. She is an assistant coach for the Newman University men's hockey team. And Alyssa, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Thanks for having me, Matt. Looking forward to chatting here today.
0: Give us some context here as we're recording this in early March. Season was just put to bed not too long ago, correct for Newman?
1: Yeah, yeah, about two weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, we didn't uh, get to earn a playoff spot this year. But overall, it was a, you know, a good year, a good building block year with a lot of good young talent. So yeah, our season just wrapped up about two weeks ago. Um, ended the season on a win, so that always kind of helps. But yeah, it was a, a good season and a good building block for sure.
0: First season for you on staff, how how was the experience overall? Was it what you expected, what you were looking for?
1: Yeah, it was definitely, I, uh, to give a little context, so I was uh, previously living in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, working for the hurricanes organization down there. And then my fiance was um, in the military. He got out of the military and is going to Bryn Mawr to do some, uh, his post back program. So we ended up relocating to Philadelphia here. Um, and then just kind of had gotten connected to to Kyle Mountain, uh, the head coach of Newman University team. And and it just happened to be really fortunate that he happened to be looking for an assistant coach at the time. I was looking to get experience on the men's side of the game and just a higher level of hockey. Obviously, college hockey is a great level and just wanted to, to learn and kind of be a part of that experience. So um, that's kind of how that, that worked out. And it, it was all that I could have hoped for. Um, the guys were great. Kyle was great. The whole staff was great. And uh, learned a ton, and and you know, obviously, it was just a really great experience overall.
0: You mentioned looking for an opportunity on the men's side. What drives you to to want to get this experience?
1: Yeah, I've always had aspirations to work at the NHL level. Just. For a long time, that's just kind of always what I've uh, dreamt of doing. You know, when I worked for the Hurricanes organization, it was a lot of youth hockey development, which I love. Uh, you know, I love kind of growing the game, girls and boys, and spreading the love of the sport. But ultimately, I, you know, I have a, a passion and desire to work at, you know, higher levels of hockey and in hockey operations or player development or, or some kind of coaching aspect. So for me, it was a really great transition to to get that experience. And again, I, I couldn't really have asked for more this, this year with Newman.
0: So what is your earliest hockey memory growing up was this a sport that you've been playing since you could basically walk or skate
1: uh yeah you know we I don't come from a hockey family at all really I was born in Pittsburgh and that's where my family's originally from so we we played roller hockey and like church parking lots and stuff growing up uh, with our cousins and then we actually moved to Philadelphia we lived in Phoenixville for a few years when I was like seven or eight. And uh, we had some friends we were playing roller hockey with, and they said, do you want to try ice hockey? So we thought they were crazy, you know, the 6 a.m. games and things like that. And, and the next thing you know, my brother and I were playing hockey and never stopped. So pretty much since, yeah, about six, seven years old, some form of hockey has been the biggest part of my life.
0: What is it about the sport that grabbed you?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I, I just think the the team atmosphere, I think, first and foremost, I love being part of a team working towards a common goal. And I don't know, I just kind of really took to that sport right away and um, I think the speed of it, the, the, the pace of which you have to think and, and react and, and compete, I think is just, uh, the most fun part of hockey and just, yeah, something I've just always been passionate about.
0: When did you start to realize you were good?
1: Um, I don't know if I ever really realized that I just always just love the game. I think when in eighth grade or when I was in eighth grade, um, and Nor- we were living in Raleigh, North Carolina at the time, there was like no girls hockey. So you're playing boys and at that age, you know, 13, 14, they start getting a lot bigger. <laughs> And so it got to a point where I knew I had to play girls hockey somewhere. Um, I wasn't going to do it in North Carolina. There were just no options. Um, And so I started looking at prep school opportunities and and got the opportunity to go to Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a prep school in Minnesota. And I think at that point, like going there and being able to play on the team and make an impact right away, I think I started to realize like, hey, these are some of the best girls in the country. And, you know, I'm right there. I'm not saying I was dominating by any means, but I realized I could play with them, and, and I think that was a really big aspect for me. And then, you know, you start getting um, recruited by colleges and things like that. And and I think uh, that's kind of when it started to click of like, okay, I, like, no, I, I knew I always wanted to, to play college and try and make the Olympic team and things like that. Like, that was always a goal, but just didn't really know the process. And I think that's kind of when you're like, okay, I think I can do this. What position? Defense.
0: What did you like about defense? Now, I sh- let me rephrase that. Was defense something you gravitated to? Or early on, where you kind of put on defense with not a lot of thought put into it, and were like, "Wow, this is fun. I really like this." Was there a definite path, or was it just kind of? Uh, eventually, you emerged that this is where your strengths were, and this is where you should play.
1: Yeah, I think kind of like kind of over time. Like when I first started hockey, you know, you play forward and kind of rotate through all the positions. And I actually switched to goalie when I was you know eight nine. Played goalie for about two years, and then didn't make the team as a goalie the one year. And the only spot was a you know spot on defense. So. I think skating ability has always been a strength of mine. And so it kind of just was a natural fit to, to play defense. And then I just, yeah, I love the defense too. You can try and shut down the other team's best players. I think that was something that motivated me. And I also like to be offensive as well. So I always kind of tried to envision myself a bit of as a fourth forward out there, jumping in the rush and, and trying to transition to play quickly.
0: You've mentioned Pittsburgh, Phoenixville, North Carolina, Minnesota. Was that tough growing up and being in different spots like that? And, you know, North Carolina, Minnesota, that's almost like two different countries in some ways, but you know, what, what was it like?
1: Um, yeah, no, I think to me it was always just, I just loved the game and to me it just, it was just what I had to do, you know? So I think obviously I had a very supportive family that was willing to send off their 14 year old to, to prep school halfway across the country. And um, you know, I think that that made a really big impact to know that I had their support and they knew that this was my dream and my goals and my passion and they were willing to do whatever to support it. So um, yeah, to me, you know, we, you know, we moved around a little bit and kind of jumped spots and things like that. But it was always kind of the love of the game. And I knew I'd be around like minded people putting myself in some of those opportunities and at a school like Shattuck and then Cornell and things like that. So to me, it's just kind of part of the the process and the journey.
0: You mentioned Cornell, you eventually go to play hockey there. Were there other schools in the mix? Or once kind of Cornell got involved, it just felt right?
1: When Cornell reached out and I visited the campus, it definitely just felt right. You know, I wasn't the most highly recruited player by any means. Um, I was kind of looking at Providence and Princeton as well. Um, Knew I wanted to be in the Northeast after being in Minnesota for a couple of years, kind of be back out East, a little closer to family. And so it just worked out. I visited the campus and just fell in love with that. Fell in love with the coaches, the, the opportunities for education and Um, you know, I just, I knew as a spot that I'd get an opportunity to, to play a lot and and make an impact and be part of a, a really cool kind of tight knit community. So that was really important to me. And at the time, Cornell had just gone to the national championship game the year before I got there and you know, they had a ton of national team play Canadian national team players and stuff like that. And, you know, on defense, they had two girls that ended up being, you know, two, three time Olympians starting defense. And I remember someone kind of saying like, Oh, like, you're not, you're only one year behind them. Like, you're never going to be a top two, you know, top pairing defenseman, whatever. But to me, I looked at it as why wouldn't I want to go practice against some of the best players in the world and, and have the opportunity to learn from them. Even if I wasn't going to be a top pair defenseman, it was like, okay, I'll be the, second pair defense and, you know, get to learn from, from these incredible players and practice with them day in and day out. So that was really important to me as well with the environment.
0: You mentioned the environment. I've been to Cornell several times and I've been at a Cornell basketball game and all of a sudden you look up and somebody will say, where'd everybody go? Oh, hockey game started at nine. Like it is the, the thing up there. What was it like that that atmosphere to just be a part of that.
1: Yeah. It was just so cool. Obviously it's because you know, pretty small city in the grand scheme of things, but you know, they love their sports and we're really lucky. Like hockey's a big sport up there and and towards the end of my four years there, like especially during playoffs and stuff, we'd get two, three, four thousand people at our games. And it was just, you yeah, know, just really special and and cool to be a part of that one. Uh, you know, line of rank, I think, holds about fifty five hundred or so now. And obviously the guys games get, you know, they sell out every every Friday, Saturday night and stuff like that. And it's really cool to just, you know, be there watching and. Know that there's, you know, people from the town, people from the school and just, you know, lifelong Cornell hockey fans. So it was cool to see that grow on the women's side as well while I was there.
0: I think when you were at Cornell, you guys went to the Frozen Four twice. What was that experience like?
1: It was really cool. I think uh, it was my first two years, actually. So I think I got a little spoiled because it just kind of seemed like, oh, we go to the Frozen Four every year. Um, And we always made the NCAA tournament my four years, but you know, the frozen four, you just, you kind of got there and you're like, okay, like you win two games, you're national champions, you know, but the other three teams are thinking the same thing. And my first year we played BU uh, and they were really good. Like they had a ton of Canadian Olympians on their team. And and, then, you know, it was a tough game. We lost that one. And then the following year we played Minnesota and uh, up at Minnesota Duluth and, that was the year. I'm pretty sure they went undefeated. Um, I think they were 42 and 0. So they were a juggernaut and a tough one to run into um, at that stage in the game. But just, you know, to be there, you're in the room with, you know, they do a little kind of banquet the night before the game started and you're in the room with, you know, Olympians, national team player, the best four teams in the country. And you kind of look around, you're like, oh, wow, it's kind of cool to kind of cool to be here. So definitely got, you know, a little spoiled, I think, with uh, getting those opportunities those first two years. But it also kind of made you like, be hungry of like, hey, I want to do this again, you know, and try and do it all four years. So lucky to get there twice, for sure.
0: Past getting to the Frozen Four, what are some of your favorite hockey memories from your days at Cornell?
1: I think just, I mean, day in, day out, like I just loved it there. I think the one memory I was, you know, the one game that was just wild was to actually get to that frozen Four the second year. Um, we played BU in the quarterfinals at Lina. We got to host and, uh, it was a triple overtime game. We won seven to six in triple overtime. So it was just wild. Like we went down three, nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game. And then you're just like, Oh, our is our season over today, you know, and then battle back kind of, and then we go up six to three. And then they tie it up and then we go, you know, almost a whole another game without anyone scoring. And then uh, someone scored with uh, about seven seconds left in the third overtime. So just one of those games where just back and forth again, a ton of great players on both teams. And I think you kind of got to the end of the game. You're like, it just felt like we played like five games in one, you know, just the high it was just a roller coaster. So that was something really special.
0: You went on to play pro for several years. I mean, that was obviously a goal. What is the landscape when you're coming out of college for professional women's hockey?
1: Um, at the time, pretty bleak, to be honest. There was one league at the time called the Canadian Women's Hockey League. They had one team in the U.S. in Boston, and I still had aspirations to play for the national team, and so that was your only option. Like you moved to Boston and you train there, you practice twice a week at eight thirty p.m. for an hour with with the you know the team. A lot of the women worked full time jobs. And to be honest, like you made no money that first year, like it was almost pay to play and definitely a shock coming out of college. Like we had such good resources with our locker room and our weight, you know, weight room and the athletic training room and stuff. And then all of a sudden you leave college and you're lugging your bag into a cold rink in the middle of Boston, you know, at. 8pm at night, getting ready to practice. There's no weight room, you don't leave your equipment there. You know, you don't even get tape, you have to buy your own tape, you pay for your own skate sharpening and stuff. So it was definitely, you know, I was still driven to, to try and make the national team and stuff. So to me, it was, you know, you do what you have to do. But it was definitely a little bit of a shock. Uh, that first year of like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this very long, which is you know kind of sad part, but it's obviously made a lot of improvements the last six, seven, eight years with kind of how the landscape is continuing to evolve.
0: So what was that national team journey like trying to pursue that?
1: Yeah. In uh, my last year of college or sorry, excuse me, my junior year of college, I'd actually got invited to the Olympic tryouts for the 2014 Olympics. Uh, So did that that summer, didn't make it, unfortunately, but um, was kind of in the, the player pool of, players they were watching and then the fall of 2014 you know they have some camps throughout the year that you go to and the fall of 2014 there was a four nations cup and i didn't make the original roster but there was a defenseman that got hurt so i got called up to go out to cam loops and be part of that and it was a new coaching staff and you know a lot of play younger players were getting opportunities and stuff so got to go out there and um went to that same tournament the following year as well but yeah just there's a lot of really great players so there's and at the time they've, they've done a better job now but there was really like two tournaments a year that you basically trained for and hoped you made, you know, one of six (laughs) D spots and, um, there was a four nations cup and then the world championship tournament in April. And, and then that was kind of the cycle. And then until there's an Olympic year, so kind of was in and out, always got to go to camps and stuff like that, make a roster here and there. But, um, obviously, like I said, just a lot of great players. So it's a tough lineup to crack at times.
0: Was the professional journey. Did you have times where you kind of look in the mirror, go, is this worth it? Because you talked about bringing your own tape, fitting in these practices, everybody's coming from work. And were there times where you're like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if I should keep doing this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's especially like, you know, I had a, an Ivy League degree. And, and to be honest, I wanted to get some work experience. I didn't want to just, you know, especially again, we're practicing twice a week. Like during the day, I'm like twiddling my thumbs, you know, and I was always someone that was like, go, go, go. So then to be kind of in a point where I still love to play, you know, I wanted to try and make that next step, but there's a balance of, Hey, you need to make money, you know, you're paying for rent in Boston. And so yeah, it was definitely a balance. And, and so I actually worked for a startup company. Once I uh, after that first year, I worked for a startup company for a few years and still continued to play the now it's called the Premier Hockey Federation. But the year after that first year out of college, the National Women's Hockey League had formed. Um, and they were actually the first league to really kind of pay their players with the team in Boston. So we all kind of or a lot of us kind of moved over to that league and, you know, it's not like a livable wage. It was kind of a part-time job and, you know, making 10, 15 grand for the season, but it was something right. It, it was, it felt like progress. And um, so we jumped over there and then I was in that league for four years um, after college and then kind of did that, but still kind of just ended up working full-time.
0: We need to take a break. We will have more with Newman university assistant men's hockey coach, Alyssa Gallardi right after this, this is one-on-one. And we are back on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Newman University assistant men's hockey coach, Alyssa Gallardi. I think you played up until 2020, am I correct?
1: Yep. 2019 um, was my, that was the kind of final years of the NWHL and then the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association formed. Um, so just a quick overview, the CWHL, that Canadian league that I played in that first year, they folded kind of a tough business model, to be honest, they just realized they couldn't sustain. So they folded. And then so it was like, Oh, wow, those were all the, you know, the best Canadian players were still in that league and stuff. And the NWHL was it was doing okay. Like, we were get, making a little money, but the, the environment and things like that weren't great. And so the PWHPA formed with players from the US and Canada kind of being like, Okay, look, we, we really need to kind of take a step back here. And we could all just jump to the NWHL, right? It's a league that exists, but it was still, you practice twice a week. You're not making a living. There was, you know, kind of some questions about the leadership and the investors and players rights and things like that. So it was kind of a, some tough conversations of, Hey, like, let's all take a step back here and really kind of like figure out how we make this thing sustainable, where it's actually a job. Like you're actually a professional hockey player that hockey's your full-time job you're able to have the resources the facilities etc to really train and like I don't even think we've seen the best of women's hockey yet because it's never been you there's anyone's sole focus you're always kind of scraping to get by and don't have the the ice time the resources the coaching things like that so the pwhpa formed in spring of 2019 and and I kind of played in that for a year which was kind of a you know, kind of a like a PLL model where you kind of go around in different cities and, and play games and stuff like that. And that's kind of been the way it's been for a few years. But there's a, a new league on the horizon for this fall, which is really exciting. And I think it'll be kind of what professional hockey should be.
0: Are you interested?
1: Uh, No, you know, not probably playing anymore. I uh, skated the other day, actually, and it was pretty fun. And, you know, you get the itch to kind of like play again. But um, you know, I, I really enjoy the coaching side and being part of kind of that side of it now. So that's, uh, that's probably where I'll stay. And there's so much good young talent coming up that, you know, that's kind of the the generation and the wave of players that we, we kind of took these steps back for in order to kind of, you know, move 10 steps forward. And um, I think they'll get to reap the benefits of that for sure.
0: Was coaching always on your radar that eventually you figured you would move into that or did it kind of an opportunity came and you were like, okay, sure.
1: Yeah, actually, I was almost like adamant that I would never get into coaching. And I think that was, you know, when I was still playing, when you're playing, you're so focused on your own development. And, you know, thinking about hockey all the time that I was like, the last thing I want to do is go into a rink after I've already been in the rink. And you know, try and like do more hockey. So to me, that's why I kind of wanted to get some work experience outside of hockey. And and I loved it. But then as my playing career kind of was wrapping up, it was kind of like, Oh, well, I can't really imagine my life without hockey. And I got to, you know, shadow some good coaches, I had really great coaches growing up. So I kind of started to to be a little bit more intrigued by that. And, and it just kind of was the right time where I was transitioning out of my playing career, um, with the way kind of the women's hockey was at and kind of just ready to, to transition to something new. And I couldn't imagine my life without hockey. So kind of the next, next step is to to kind of switch to the other side and go the coaching route.
0: First thing that kind of slapped you in the face about coaching that you didn't realize was involved with it.
1: Ooh, well, I started with like a lot of like the youth stuff. So okay little different, but I just think the time and like preparation, like um, even this year with Newman, you know, all the pre-scout and preparation you do for an opponent, things like that. I probably took it for granted how much time, you know, my coaches in college spent on, you know, watching video and preparing for an opponent and, and trying to balance, you know, practice plans and development and making sure you're connecting with all the athletes and things like that. I think, you know, there's so much more to it than just the the X's and O's. And so that's probably just something over time, you know, you really realize it's a people business and you're connecting with, you know, people and trying to bring out the best in them. And so much of the time and conversations behind the scenes are spent on those things.
0: Do you find yourself saying things that you used to roll your eyes at? coaches used to say to you?
1: Oh, yeah, probably. Like, it's so funny, because it's like, there's so many cliches. But you know, you say them because you didn't, and you realize because they're true. And, you know, even, you know, this year and things like that, you, or just even coaching, like youth hockey with kids that were graduating, you know, high school and going off to college, it's just like, just make sure you don't leave with regrets. And, um, you know, it goes by fast, you always try and say that and you don't realize it till you're in it, you know, you try and give people a heads up, like, hey, like, make the most of it, because these four years go by so quick. And but until you're like, you're in it. You know, it's just people have to figure that out for themselves. But you always try and just uh, give them that reminder at times, I think.
0: What do you like the most about coaching? Is it that you talked about the scouting, the game planning? Is it watching the light go off in a kid when something that they couldn't figure out, it finally clicks? Like, what really kind of keeps you going as a coach?
1: Yeah, I think the, the last thing you said there, I think when you are working with an athlete, whether it's a certain mindset or skill, or, you know, you just, you're working on these things in practice and practice, and you finally see it translate to a game um, or see something that, you know, the player has been working hard on and just kind of hadn't clicked. And then all of a sudden it just clicks. I think that is a, that's probably like the most rewarding thing. And then obviously if it, you know, they do well, right. Then it helps the team success and kind of has that cool domino effect for themselves, but also for the team. And I think that's, you know, that's the best part for sure.
0: Do you think, I think we've seen with women's sports specifically like basketball, volleyball, softball, there would be kind of this slow growth and then it ex- it hit a point where it just exploded. Do you think we're on that path with women's hockey?
1: I think definitely. I think, um, well, I think, yeah, like you said, all women's sports, it's, really a hot topic right now. It's, you know, there's a lot of people with deep pockets that I think are seeing that it's going to be a really good investment. It's, I think in the past it's felt like, and I think it's been seen as kind of a charity case. Oh, you know, women's sports, oh, we'll make sure they get this, but it's just like kind of the the crumbs. And we actually we worked with um Billy Jean King, uh, was an advisor for us for the PWHPA. And you know, she would always say, like, like, we don't want the crumbs, we want the cake and the cherry on top, you know, and like that's what we're fighting for. And and so I think there's there's a lot of work that's gone on behind the scenes to make sure that's the case. I think we've always just been happy. At least I know for me personally, like just to play after college, I was just happy to play, right? I was just grateful for the opportunity. And it was like, well, I can't ask for too much, like it's a growing sport, whatever. And and then you kind of get to a point where you're like, you know, I would coach, you know, little girls six, seven years old, and they say they want to play professional hockey someday. And I'm like, okay, well, you're also you're also gonna to have to work a full-time job and you know, do all these things. And it just like that's not the future you want for them. And so yeah, I think obviously the Olympics every year or every four years, sorry, um, always has a big kind of big spark to registration numbers and interest in the sport and the players. And and I just think we're at a point now with um, you know, the new league that'll be launching soon that it's really it's well, well backed by an investor group that is, is going to do it right. And, and it has the best players in the world that are, you know, the the talent and the the market, I think once and then and female athletes, and, and that will be really excited about.
0: You are a rarity in college hockey as an assistant coach, as a, as a woman on the men's team, do you feel like you're kind of a trailblazer or do you not get that deep with it? You're just coaching hockey and whether it's men, whether it's women, whether it's boys, whether it's girls, you know, it's hockey. We're trying to, to score goals and keep the other team from scoring them, you know, regardless of, of who's out there.
1: I uh, you know, I I feel like it was really great this year that it wasn't a big deal. That's what I really appreciated from, you know, Kyle down to the players and things like that. Like it never came up, right? It was just like I feel like I can add value for my experience and my coaching ability to the players. I knew I would learn a ton, um, and I did. And and I just think it was good that it never was even a conversation, right? I think, you know, it was a conversation in the sense of, Hey, none of these guys have ever had a female coach. So there's that. But I think at the end of the day, like you show investment in their development, their ability, who they are as a person, you know, their student athlete life. And I think you just build that trust and rapport. And and that's something that I really appreciated about this year. And one of my, uh, you know, really good friends, Jess Campbell, she actually coaches in the AHL for Coachella Valley. And, And we talk all the time about Like, it's a good thing if it's not a storyline, because that means it's just normal, right? So I really don't uh, try and make a big deal about it, because I just don't think it is. I think I'm passionate about working with high level athletes, male or female that that want to get better and and are trying to take that next step in their game. So I really appreciated the fact that it wasn't a big deal. And I don't even know if anyone really noticed until the end of the season, you know, until there's, you know, brief article about it. But I, I I think that was the best part of, I think the more it's just normal, then we don't need to kind of draw all this attention to it because it's just, you pick the best person for the job or whatever it may be, regardless of if they're male, female, black, white, you know, whatever it is. I just, I think that's an important step with it all.
0: We talked about the growth of the sport. Do you think if you and I talk 15 years from now, we will be stunned at how women's hockey has exploded from a professional standpoint but also women coaching more in men's leagues stuff like that you think it will just be to your point of it's not a storyline we will just kind of be like wow it's come a long way
1: yeah I I think 100% I think the next 5-10 years even it's going to be just really exciting to see where you know women's hockey goes I think the fact that there's really, really strong investor groups that again, are seeing that like, okay, this isn't just like a tax write off, you know, it's not just a, Hey, we'll give a couple tens of thousands of dollars, but just over here just to do it, you know, it's like, they're invested and, and doing it right. And making sure that the sport continues to grow and rise. And and again, that it's truly a professional league and things like that. So again, you think about, okay, if there's a truly professional league where that's, you know, your livable wage, you've got all those resources Going into this league, we have a CBA, which has never happened in women's sports, where you actually start with a union for the players. It's always kind of been like down the road, an afterthought. And so that's just—I think that alone is kind of a really cool step, where it's like, hey, players have rights, and and they get a voice at the table, and not just kind of like we'll take what we can get. So it'll be cool to see like the trickle down effect that has for players getting agents once they leave college and things like that, and then little girls being actually—you know, there's you know, there's this whole kind of a uh, pathway to to play professional hockey just like there is for a young boy starting out at seven or eight years old to, to get to the NHL or play pro hockey at some level.
0: Is there a part of you that's jealous that maybe you weren't born fifteen years later and you got to take your skills a, a much an easier road and a, a more plowed road uh on the women's side.
1: You know, not I never really thought about that. Not really. I think I, I feel really grateful for the times I was at, the places I were, whether it was Shattuck or Cornell or you know again kind of just being involved in, in women's hockey at the stage it was I think I don't look back with too many regrets I think it's just about looking forward and again leaving the game better than you found it and it'll be really really rewarding to kind of see puck drop with with the new league and just the effect that that will have maybe not right away but five years down the road 10 years down the road and um, I just think it's really going to explode and it's going to be super exciting
0: Melissa Gallardi, thanks so much for taking the time this was great yeah thank you appreciate it Matt and that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Newman University assistant men's hockey coach Alyssa Gallardi for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, want to do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at 1 on 1 Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next time when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.